Richard Butler presents lifestyle, real estate, and investment opportunities the booming South Pacific. Opportunities south of the equator. Learn about the unique and voted happiest country in the world. The tax-friendly nation of Vanuatu. I'm Lance Hunt from Melanesian Waterfront Real Estate Limited. Listen in as Richard Butler updates you on this week in the South Pacific Islands of the Republic of Vanuatu and how to secure your place in paradise, your future prosperity, and much, much more. I live here in paradise, Vanuatu, and I have with me online, as usual, Richard Butler in Sydney, Australia. Richard was two times Trade Commissioner of Australia for the Republic of Vanuatu, and he's a successful real estate developer with more than 40 years' experience. Hello, Richard. Good morning, Lance. How are you there in Vanuatu this morning? I'm in Sydney, of course, as you said. How's Vanuatu today? We've got a winter here in Sydney where it's, I don't know how cold it is. I know that I've got a pair of football socks on and a beanie at uh, 20 past eight in the morning when we're recording this. Oh, well, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry to hear that, Richard. Um, I'm sitting here in my shirt sleeves. It's a nice sunny day when I look out the window here at Pacific Haven Resort towards Tuma Bay and the South yeah. Pacific Ocean. It's nice and blue. Yes. And my phone tells me it's 24 degrees. Well, there you go. That's one of the reasons we say to people every week that Vanuatu doesn't have a winter. As you would know it, if you come from the Northern or the Southern Hemisphere, you're in the tropics. And, you know, 26, 24 to 28 degrees all year round. What a wonderful paradise it is. But look, this morning on our normal podcast, I want to talk about the new normal. And normally you've got a great climate in Vanuatu, but we're having a few changes to our normal in our business life and social life, private life here in, uh, well, throughout the world, to be very frank. And uh, I wanted to talk to you about everybody saying because of COVID, the lockdown, etc., which only yesterday, being the 1st of June, in New South Wales and Sydney, we're allowed to get in the car now and drive anywhere in New South Wales. So things are sort of returning back to what we call the normal, but how far away is the new normal? And of course, you've got lockdown there in, uh, in Port Villa as well, haven't you, Lance? Well, we did have. Now it's gone to cautious back to normal. In other words, there have been no reported cases at all during this whole period here. Nevertheless, the government closed the borders for safety, and that was a great thing. And uh, I mean, a great thing for the safety of the people. Not a great thing for the economy, of course, but a great thing for the safety of the people. And so we did have total lockdown for a couple of weeks where everyone was told to stay home. But as the time went on and no cases were found, gradually things have started to re- returning to more or less normal. But every business you go to in town has water and soap outside and a request that you wash your hands before you go in. And that's just become normal now. If you go to town and you've got a lot of shopping to do, you might wash your hands 20 times. Okay. Well, the new normal that I wanted to talk about is the question that on every business person's lips at the point of time, how far away is it? Are we back to a new normal? How far away are our business going to start making money? But why do I say a new normal? Well, everything, as you would know, and everybody listening has changed The most important changes in the 10 weeks of the lockdown in Australia and New Zealand, arguably since World War II. For example, there's a new paradigm shift in acceptance of the current high-tech 
electronic revolution, which they call the fifth revolution. My first confirmation signal that I had of this was when I went down and my laptop was playing up. So I went to get it repaired. And while it was getting repaired, I thought I'll go go down to Officeworks and uh, have a look at what was available and, and try and pick up a bargain. So there was about 20 spaces on the Officeworks promotion desk, display desk. And when I walked down there, there was only about eight or nine of those uh, promotional areas where they have the stickers and the prices describing the laptop, there was only about eight or nine laptops there. And once I decided which one I was interested, I like to get the the one with the larger screen, the 15, 16 inch screen. Once I decided on which one I was interested, I tried to haggle with the salesman and he laughed at me when I tried to get him down in price. And uh, he said to me, look, we only have one, this one that's actually sitting on here of that serial number brand, and we only have one in stock. So why would we be haggling over pricing? It'll be sold out by the end of the day. So what's happened is that people have, have turned to technology in this 10 week period of time more than ever before. So the acceptance of new now using FaceTime, iPhone, Skype, WeChat, Zoom, Telegraph, Messenger, etc., has forced, as I said, in 10 weeks, the using of new technology that would normally have taken five years to get the same result with the conversion with all the general public. And just take this on board for a minute. There are people sitting at home over the last 10 weeks who have been working for companies who are now earning more under the Australian job keeper or the Australian job seeker sitting at home, some of them on full-time or part-time duties they were, but now they're getting paid more than what they were getting paid before for doing absolutely nothing. And recently, the Australian government sent out a cheque, 750 to most of these people, and a very high percentage of them went out and purchased new technology. And this is the reason why the guy in Officeworks basically laughed at me and said, we've just had a rush on technology. And most are learning how to Zoom, I mean, I think Zoom went from so many million to, to tens of millions of of people, Skype, FaceTime, Messenger. There's older family members that are also now learning how to use these new platforms, like the new platforms for eBay, not to mention uh, Coles and Woolworths, our big food lines here in Australia. I recently was walking, I go for a walk most mornings, and as I was walking, I kept seeing these delivery vehicles driving around, which were from uh, Coles and Woolworths, and they were dropping off cartons of food in my suburbs, which I just hadn't seen that before. Our largest hardware chain in Australia, Bunnings, has made it easier for you to buy today on a new web platform and have it delivered today or tomorrow. So people simply have now started to learn to be more electronic. Last week, I received another signal, an email from News Limited, which is the biggest printer and developer of uh, suburban newspapers, who I've been working and advertising with for 40 years. They sent me an email saying that they're closing down all the suburban papers. They're no longer going to be printed. They're all going to be digital. So therefore, they're not using paper. They're not going to be delivered to people's houses, which they were the free paper that you'd find in your driveway once a week or twice a week. And they're now going totally digital. And of course, they're going to save a tremendous amount of money on their distribution. But that, of course, that means all those journalists and all those delivery people, all the uh, printing uh, works are all now going to be without work or they're going to have to be retooled to do something else. And we can all see this coming. Anybody that does the morning commute 
to an office in the city in the last two, three, four years, you would know that no one reads the paper anymore. Everybody's got a tablet, an iPhone or a Kindle, totally zoned out with earbuds in their ears or reading, or not reading the local newspapers. So no one under 30 reads a daily newspaper the way I used to in, in my 20s and 30s and 40s. So the writing is on the wall for a considerable time that we're going through a new revolution the technical revolution. Some amazing figures have been produced with regard to the last 10 weeks. They found out that 90% of the people in the first two weeks were not handling the crisis very well, very concerned. But then there was a steady and dramatic increase as time went by, both in Australia and New Zealand. We found more confidence levels were increasing and also feeling more confident in what they were two months ago enormously. A recent Trans-Tasman Business Leaders Circle, which is made up of some very prominent leaders and companies involved in all sorts of industries, from financial services, agriculture, property, telecommunications, retail services, innovations, small to medium-sized business, sports, tourism, technology, and many government presenters have all met. These are very heavyweight companies. Some of the CEOs of Mervac, the construction people, NBM, Alibaba, Salesforce, IBM, Judo, as well as uh, the very powerful chairman of the National Coronavirus Commission and the New Zealand Reserve Bank Governor were all part of this business circle. This Trans-Tasman Business Circle was founded by the billionaire in 1993, Sir Ron Verley, and the circle head basically explained that they rapidly pivoted from the physical human connection to the from the organisation to one of virtual connivity within seven days of late March as the crisis COVID, and this example, the governments, the Australian government has done the same thing with the state governments here in Australia. Amazing change where they used to have a state minister's meeting maybe every three months. Now they're, they're doing it on internet, they're doing it on web, and they're doing them here in Australia every Friday during this period of time. The vast percentage and the majority of organisations reported that they'd handled the crisis quite well after they got over the initial period of time. And while it's recognised also by the same group, and I've been saying this for a while, that unemployment may reach 10%, it still means that 90% of the workforce is still employed and having to adapt to these new work conditions. They, they're actually also saying that perhaps 20% of the office workers will not go back to working in an office. They'll actually continue to work from laptops as remote remote workers. And this is an amazing change. Future work basically include a lot more work from home. And you'll have to balance the future of the office and home and family life. Now, the time of this last coronavirus, well, this current coronavirus, the periods of the March the 16th to the 30th was the most shocking period worldwide that they're reporting. Interesting, there's a famous saying about the Ides of March that starts on March the 15th. So it clearly came true in 2020. It comes from the Roman times when Julius Caesar was assassinated on the 15th of March. And they always say, beware of the Ides of March. 
But back to the founder of this Anzac Business Circle, Johnny Wise, started uh, in mid-April that there is a new normal of relative organisation stability and evolution of new work practice. And he advised business people, don't waste this crisis. Use this time to implement long-needed changes. Well, these changes, of course, we're all sitting on the fence looking at technology. Well, things have sort of been sped up and they're actually saying now you have to move while the new challenges and look forward to seeing the opportunities on the other side of coronavirus or COVID-19. So everybody heard what they're saying. You know, there's nothing to fear, but fear itself, they say. So don't let this be a factor in slowing down your response to change is the current mantra that people are actually talking about. Well, that's fantastic, Richard. But What about Vanuatu? How does all this work into our Vanuatu project? Glad you asked that question, Lance. Well, that's a great question. Well, in the last days, for an example, business recently is moving with governments. For example, in Florida, just in the last couple of days, you would have seen the private enterprise now take over the flights with NASA without sending a space capsule. Uh, to the space platform funded by private enterprises. Many of the baby boomers remember the first flights of Apollo, etc. And we could not ever imagine that private enterprise could possibly be involved with space exploration with governments. We just didn't think anybody would have the money to be able to do it except governments. This is all started, of course, when President Kennedy said, we're going to put a man on the moon. And we all went, wow, how are they going to do that? Private enterprise is now linked with governments and getting the blessings of all these sorts of different concepts which are coming up. Governments are simply going to have to be almost agents, promotional people for private enterprise. And we're seeing it here in Australia as well. Even on the news this morning, our prime minister was out talking about shovel-ready projects. Do you remember me saying this about three or four weeks ago in a podcast, Lance? Absolutely, yes. See, all these governments need, whether it's here in Australia, New Zealand or Vanuatu or Fiji or or the United Kingdom or United States, wherever, China, wherever, all these governments need to have the taxpayers back working again. That's their lifeblood. Without the taxpayers, they basically don't have the funds coming in. So our real estate company, which we've set up in Vanuatu, Melanesian Waterfront Real Estate Limited, is specialising in assisting people in relocating their business into Vanuatu. And we're providing with passports and citizenship, permanent residency, and opportunities of setting up your offshore corporation or family trust, et cetera, into the Republic of Vanuatu. Now, Vanuatu is on an international drive to attract high-worth individuals to consider having a plan B or a sister operation for their company in the Republic of Vanuatu. We see the opportunities for business people with high activity knowledge of their industries to relocate from the cities of Christchurch, Wellington, Auckland, New Zealand, Adelaide, Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane, and Australia, and then through to areas in Asia like Singapore, Hong Kong, Seoul, Southern Korea, North Tokyo, and of course, and places in mainland China, such as uh, Shenzhen, Dongguan, Guangzhou, which is the three of the major massive cities on the southern end of uh, the southern part of China and of course closest to Vanuatu. Our first 
Chinese flights are supposed to be coming in from Guangzhou. And Guangzhou has 65 million passenger movements a year. All these cities, like in Australasia, are within two hours. In Asia, within seven to nine hours flight. But most importantly, all these cities are only 49 milliseconds away from laptop to laptop with regards to our cable, our communication cable that we're linked into now. And that gives us 4G and and soon 5G in the Republic of Vanuatu. So as I said, from laptop to laptop, you're only 49 milliseconds away. It doesn't matter about whether you're flying or whether you're living in these other cities or whether you can live in Vanuatu and run a company in Australia as well. Couple this with the tax-friendly environment in Vanuatu where there's no income tax for corporations, personal income tax for the residents, no death duties and no capital gains tax. It makes it very attractive for people to set up a sister company in Vanuatu. All this can be also supported by there's no capital controls. You can move your money in and out of Vanuatu as you wish, as long as, of course, it's in a relationship with the banking requirements and legal, of course. And of course, this is making enormous difference. The Vanuatu government from the prime minister down, all the ministers are now looking to, their door is open for any opportunity that can create work and employment in the Republic of Vanuatu. And our company, Melanesian Waterfront Real Estate Limited, is uniquely situated with our group of associates, accountants and lawyers, uh, yourself, for example, Lance, you know, some of the companies we've got coming in, our engineers, our architects are all ready to work with people in who are interested in investing in Vanuatu. See, we can even help people get their driver's license, opening up a bank account, registering their companies for them, and also, as I previously mentioned, getting passports and citizenship, permanent residency. All these things are available to people who qualify and And of course, again, Vanuatu has no capital controls. So you can move your money in and out as much as you want to. But most importantly, the welcome mat is out, a big wave. The government is waving a big flag. Welcome, welcome. As I said, the ministers from the prime ministers down, there's standout opportunities for people to relocate and invest into Vanuatu. Okay, well, let's do some figures to give the listeners an idea of what is available in Vanuatu. Well, the first figure I want to start with is that there hasn't been one case of coronavirus or COVID-19 reported in Vanuatu. That means we're part of the Pacific bubble. And of course, secondly, we've got projects which you can invest in from as low as 10,000 USD, costs around 13,000 USD. That's about 20,000 AUD in our Malakula plantations, farmlets, which will produce around 10 to 15% projected return. You can also invest in our Pacific Haven Resort ecotourism development, which is a scuba diving academy included in the grounds, provides a 7.5% return. And this is via our new association with Bricklets. And you can get started in there with as low as 12,000 USD. That's about 18,500 AUD. You can also get started in sustainable hardwood timber harvesting with a a share in the company from 55,000 USD. And that has a projected return of about 17% per annum. As I said, you can get started with as low as 55,000 USD. And because you've invested that money, 
you can also apply for permanent residency. You do have to be a sophisticated investor to actually enter into that particular project. And lastly, we can offer you the opportunity of having or purchasing a passport and citizenship for yourself for 150,000 USD, for yourself and your spouse, 180,000 USD, and for your family, up to a family of four, 200,000 USD. We break that down, it's 50,000 USD a passport. And you can bring in three generations, your children and the grandparents as well. So each Tuesday night at 7 p.m., followed again by 8 p.m. on Wednesday night, we do a webinar. Lance and I do a webinar, which you can sign up for. The link is attached to this mail, and you can simply call me on country code 61 or 417-007792 to discuss any of these opportunities further. We're always 100% available to talk to you. So Lance, I might get you to include the, the link for the seminar verbally. And I think that's our podcast for today. Any comments, Lance? What have you got to add to it? Well, when you said you were going to start with figures, I was impressed that you started with the figure zero. Zero reported cases of coronavirus here in Vanuatu, and we want to keep it that way. It makes it an excellent place to consider for a plan B, because although being a third world country, of course, it has various issues. Nevertheless, a very forward-thinking government and the country is, is set to progress, expand and basically provide a service that's not generally available to people all around the world. Now, you mentioned a lot of people in Australia, New Zealand and, and Asia, but we've actually had customers who've got passports and citizenships through us from India and from Africa. So it's not just the nearby places, but anywhere in the world. And we've had plenty of people inquiring from America as well, because of course, we're having summer while America's having winter. It's definitely an attractive place to come to. But this has been a great podcast today, Richard. We've really covered a lot of ground that's very useful for people interested in their plan B. Thank you for listening, listeners. Please don't hesitate to reach out to myself or Lance and to answer any questions or queries you may have. Very, very shortly, possibly within the next four weeks, it looks like we're going to have um, flights from Sydney to Auckland, Australia to New Zealand, because of the low infection rates of coronavirus in Australasia. And Vanuatu and Fiji are going to be considered to be included in the, what they call the Pacific bubble because of the low infection rates. So uh, this is a very interesting time. And of course, 90% of our current tourists into Vanuatu come from Australia and New Zealand. So that'll put our tourist industry back on its feet very, very quickly. And when people can't fly to other places such as Europe or the Americas or Asia, they'll obviously be looking for what one of our clients in Adelaide yesterday said to me, I can't wait to get on that plane to Vanuatu. Let me know. I'll be on the first plane. And she's actually having withdrawals from not having a holiday in the sun in this uh, coming winter time that we're having at the present time. So there's a pent up demand. Good, good. That link for the webinar, just go to seminarvanuatu.com. So seminarvanuatu.com and you can get on the webinar that Richard was talking about for Tuesday or Wednesday night, Sydney time. But we've got a very user-friendly system of telling you exactly what time it is. So no matter where you are in the world, you'll know exactly when to join. So that's great. All right. Well, uh, thanks again, Richard. And thanks again, listeners. We look forward to being in your earbuds next time with more news and more amazing paradise stories out of Vanuatu.